The word seeped out in bits and pieces. Things like this don't happen very often, after all. Soon, the world was aware of a problem in China. No, not COVID-19. There's a possible leak at a nuclear power plant west of Hong Kong. On Tuesday, the Chinese government reported no noticeable spike in radiation levels around the facility. But they are continuing to monitor the situation. Experts from around the world suspect that there is gas leaking from the fuel rods, which no one from the surrounding area wants to hear. China, a strong advocate of nuclear energy, holds its collective breath, waits, and hopes. Often, the things that give us great hope leave us with great disappointment. Nuclear energy promises a more sustainable future, but sometimes things go wrong. And the consequences can be and have been disastrous. Praise be to God that our ultimate hope is found in Christ, the greatest hope without a drop of disappointment. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And this is a program called In the Footsteps of Peter. Just who was this apostle named Peter? All week we've been reflecting on his life to see who he really was. He certainly had his ups and downs, like any follower of Christ. But his seemed maybe even more dramatic. Major highs, major lows. What is the Lord teaching us about our own lives through him? One thing comes to mind this week. If there's anything the Gospels teach us about Peter, is that he was a human being just as we are. A human in much need of grace and very dependent upon Jesus every day. In a moment, we're going to the Gospel of Mark. We're going to see a story of highs and lows that took place in Caesarea Philippi. And to get the context, let's listen to David Suchet talk about it as he visited this famous location while filming In the Footsteps of Peter. What happened here in this pagan sanctuary was ultimately to become a most significant, if not the most significant moment in church history and a major turning point for Peter. In Matthew's Gospel, we read that Jesus brought his disciple to this place, a place where human beings worshipped many gods. And Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter, the wonderful, impetuous Peter, turned around and said, well, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Look, I mean, look at this rock. It's almost vertical, isn't it? It is. It is, and you can sort of see... Niches where people used to worship. The more I stand in front of this rock, <laughs> the more I realize what a monumental this moment was. Yeah. That you could just skim through these little verses in the back. But here we are. Right. And it's extraordinary moment in the right. history. It is a place where the human and the natural meet. But some people could say, right, it's where the human and the divine meet also. What would I give for a time machine? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> On location in Israel, David Suchet, as he was filming in the footsteps of Peter, We'll talk more about this moment between Jesus and Peter in a few minutes. 
But first, I want to send you this two-part documentary series. Two hours of an amazing cinematic journey taking you to many places Peter worked and lived, some of which are not even accessible to us today. As you follow in his footsteps, I know your faith will be encouraged as you see how God used an ordinary man like Peter to not only share, but to spread the gospel. Would you call us after this program? Would you make your fiscal year-end gift to help us reach our budget and to keep sharing the great story that's all about Jesus? Our number to call in a few minutes is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or come to our website, watch the outstanding trailer from the documentary, and then you can make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. For in the footsteps of Peter. And if you didn't get in the footsteps of Paul from us last year, we have that in a special bundle with the Peter documentary for your minimum gift amount. Ask about that when you call or read more about it when you go online. And now, let's start Haven today. Let's open with a song by Sovereign Grace. Your glorious cause, O oh God, engages our heart.
Let your kingdom come, Sovereign Grace opening haven today. And I'm Charles Morris in the footsteps of Peter is what we're calling this program and all the programs this week. Who was this apostle Peter? Now that's the question we've been exploring all the last few days. We know this very human hero of the faith did indeed have great moments of faithfulness as well as courage. We can think back on his willingness to follow Jesus and leave behind his fishing nets. Or that sermon, that most interesting, amazing sermon on the day of Pentecost. Jesus was loved by Peter, and his love for Christ moved him towards others. Historical tradition tells us that Peter eventually was crucified himself, but wasn't willing to die the same way as his Lord. He said he wasn't worthy to die the way Christ died. So they crucified him upside down. That's how the story goes. A gruesome story, but also a wonderful picture of courage. Peter was always the first to act there in the garden. When when Jesus was arrested, he was the one who pulled out his sword to defend the Lord. But earlier, it was Jesus telling Peter to get behind him. Peter was courageous He was also proactive, but he was yet still a sinner. Now we need to remember this. No matter how amazing we've been for the Lord or how great our deeds may have been, we are still sinners in need of grace. Our heroes are flawed, and that means we are flawed. Peter needed grace just as much as we do. And when he heard about Jesus' crucifixion, He actually found himself as Jesus' enemy. The book of Mark tells us how it happened. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, Who do people say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you? he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, You are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. That's British actor... He's Jewish by birth, but he became a born-again follower of Jesus Christ 
later in life, David Suchet, reading for us the famous exchange between Jesus and Peter that's found in Mark chapter 8. Peter the Apostle being called Satan by Jesus Christ. It's a shocking scene, but it's a scene that shows us exactly what Jesus was all about. It began with a question, who do people say that I am? It ends with an accusation. You don't have in mind the things of the Lord. What happened? Well, as Jesus was doing ministry, healing the sick, curing blindness, even raising the dead, people began to talk. Who was this man? He taught like he had authority. But what kind of authority did he have? Was he John the Baptist? Was he Elijah or one of the other prophets? No, Peter had it right. You are the Christ, the Messiah, the one sent by the Lord to rescue his people, the promised Savior. Peter recognized who Jesus was, and Jesus commended him for it. Paul's account gives us Jesus' reply in chapter 16, verse 17. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Peter was exactly right. Jesus is the Messiah. And he was right because the Father revealed it to him. But what happened next shows us that Peter still didn't quite get it. Peter couldn't imagine Jesus being put to death and rejected by the religious leaders of the day. The Messiah was supposed to be a triumphant leader who defeated the enemy and led Israel back into the days of glory. Peter still thought of the Messiah in nationalistic terms. He thought Jesus was mainly a political Messiah. He was supposed to come, get rid of the Roman oppressors, and reestablish the nation Israel. For Jesus to talk about dying, many was talking about failure, to Peter at least. And Peter was convinced, so he rebuked Jesus. And before we begin to think we are superior to Peter, that we could never do that, we better consider how often we think in the very same way as the Apostle Peter. We live in a world today that increasingly tells us the success of our own chosen political party. And it's the same as the success of the Lord's kingdom. We expect the Lord to intervene in our national affairs to reestablish our sense of power. We look to him solely for political change. And when we think he isn't going to do what we think he should, we act just like Peter acted, don't we? We might not come right out and say it and rebuke the Lord like he did, but we wonder if he knows what he's doing. We question his wisdom, maybe even his goodness, and we may even get a little angry. But in those moments, the Lord says to us what he said to Peter on that day, Get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the things of the Lord, but human concerns. The gospel does have profound implications for how we live our lives in the political realms. But it goes far beyond that. When we make the gospel and our faith only about the here and now, we miss out on what the Lord has for us. That's why Jesus responded to Peter so strongly. And that's why we have to take his story to heart. 
There's one word in this story from Peter's life that brings it all together, and that one word is must. After Peter confessed Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of the living God, he was commended, and then Jesus started teaching. He didn't just predict that he was going to go to Jerusalem and eventually be put to death by the religious leaders and the Roman rulers. He didn't just say that going to Jerusalem might run the risk of being put to death. No, Jesus said the Messiah must suffer. He also said he must be killed. Our salvation was impossible any other way. Jesus had to die. He had to suffer. Our sin separates us from the Lord, but his love for us led him to the cross. To bring us near, he had to suffer. He had to stand in our place. Peter didn't quite understand all that, and neither do we really, but we live on the other side of one more must, one that Peter seemed to have missed when he began to rebuke his Lord. The Messiah not only must suffer and die, he must rise again three days later. The cross gives way to the empty tomb. Death leads to resurrection. And with death, the Lord of life shines through our darkness and brings us to salvation. In this little story of Peter becoming Christ's enemy and his misunderstanding, we see ourselves more clearly. We see the need that we have to live resurrection lives, not crucifixion lives. The crucifixion is essential. Please don't mishear me. But the crucifixion was never final. Christ must rise again three days later. And in him, we must be raised to new life. His resurrection tells us of our own. He truly is the Messiah. He is the promised Savior of the world. Even when we find ourselves opposing him with our assumptions about who he is, we have another reminder. Jesus prayed for Peter that Satan would not be able to sift him out like wheat, and he prays for us and intercedes on our behalf that we might not fall away. His resurrection frees us to live our life in his love. And as we follow in Peter's footsteps in our faith in Jesus Christ, we will find that Jesus walks with us, and he does that every day for the rest of our lives.
FFH. I remember meeting the founder of that group in Nashville a few years back. What a friend we have in Jesus. Here on A Haven Today, and in the footsteps of Peter, I'm Charles Morris. Recently, we had to cancel our Haven tour to the Holy Land that was scheduled for this coming fall. I so appreciate traveling there. And it made me sad that we couldn't take the journey together like we have so many times before. The world is so different today, but I hope things will be back to normal in 2022. We're rescheduled for then to go to Israel and Jordan too, I hope. But that said, I do know one way you can experience the Holy Land like you've never done so before. Why don't you take a virtual vacation with me? and follow in the footsteps of Peter. I'm David Suchet, and I'm in search of one of the most puzzling characters in history, a simple first-century fisherman who somehow became the founding father of the most powerful Christian church on earth. Wow, look at these. We know him as Saint Peter, mentioned more times in the New Testament than anyone except Jesus. Peter's character and what motivates him has always intrigued me. In this series, I'll be uncovering fragments of tradition and half-whispered traces of Peter's life, revealing surprising new discoveries and theories about the man who shaped a faith that came to dominate Western civilization. Originally produced for the BBC, In the Footsteps of Peter, it's a two-part documentary hosted by David Suchet, and we had the producer on earlier this week. He too, is a follower of Jesus, just like David Suchet. And I know that as you watch this film, your faith will be encouraged to see that if the Lord could use a simple fisherman like Peter to bring great revival to the world, he can use you. He can use me as well. Would you call us right now and make your gift to Haven Today and ask for In the Footsteps of Peter? Here's the number to call, 800 800- Six five four twenty eight thirty six eight hundred sixty five Haven, or go online and watch the film's trailer, and you can make your gift for the DVD at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org, and remember, if you want both in the footsteps of Peter and in the footsteps of Paul, we have both DVD documentaries in a special bundle for your minimum gift to the ministry. It's important that we hear from you as we get close to our fiscal year end, the end of the month. Ask about that bundle when you call us or read more when you go online. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. A judge who doesn't keep a record of crimes is not a good judge. That's the whole point of the job. Anything less would be an injustice. So it's shocking to read in Psalm 130, If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. Does that mean the Lord is unjust? Does he just sweep wrongs under the rug? 
How could a God like that be trusted? The truth, of course, is that our Father doesn't keep a record of our wrongs because that record was nailed to the cross. Jesus has paid that debt forever. And now we stand before this great judge, righteous in his sight. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.